Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope Bible Study Podcast. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. Leading our study today is the senior pastor at Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage. Pastor, welcome. What can you teach us today? Thank you. Uh, We have been learning, uh, or rather I've been teaching a series that we are almost done with at our church called Heroes in Whom We Can Believe, and it is a lesson uh, series that was put out by the Pentecostal Publishing House out of St. Louis, and uh, we have taken it and we've amalgamated it and made it our own. And so we are uh, almost finished with a 12-lesson series, and today I want to talk about lesson one. The whole thing that what we do is that I teach a lesson, and what we have saved for the podcast is the last little tidbit to kind of finish everything off and and, uh, to coin a phrase, to circle third and head home on the thought. So uh, today is uh, lesson one, and it's about Noah. He Mm -hmm. is a hero from whom we can believe. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, and the whole point about each one of these is that there is something that they did or practiced or utilized that we can practically use in our own walk with God. In other words, whatever they did, we can apply to our lives. And and I'm one that believes that the Word of God is very relevant for today. So within it is a toolbox from we can use and apply. So we can look at the life of Noah and, and these other heroes. And so sure. uh, we will pull from Genesis chapter 6, verse 6, 7, and 8. And it says, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But focus on this verse right here, verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Again, Noah is somebody that we can look to, and his uh, endearing quality in, in his whole life is about fearing God and how that fearing God is, uh, again, applicable to how we walk with God. Now, but that fear, it didn't necessarily make him timid or weak, though, right? It wasn't a fear of, I can't even be in his presence, right? Right. It was, I mean, what was the... the I guess, how would you explain what a healthy fear of the Lord is? Well, fear is not the fear that we would first think of with regards to being frightened or fearful of uh, a Doberman jumping the fence after us. Uh, Fear is not only that uh, meaning, but it also means a healthy respect. Yeah, that's it. And uh, and a a real uh, love for God. So when you fear God, you not only fear Him on what He can do, but you also you fear Him because of who He is in our life and what He's done for us. And, yeah, and so and maybe no, it's a fear of disappointing Him, absolutely. a fear of letting, just like you would with your own father, your earthly father. Absolutely. Or, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, so fearing God is reflected in obedience to Him. So as we fear, we walk. 
and because we walk and we're obedient, he rewards that obedience. And in this case, Noah, he was saved from the destruction and judgment of the flood. Mm-hmm. So we talked about in our lesson about God's warning of destruction. Uh, we mentioned that Noah was warned of God, even though he wasn't a mariner of any type. Um, and he was asked to build a strange-looking boat with a small window. Um, with all of that, he proclaimed to all those that there was rain going to come, which was a big reach since it hadn't ever rained yeah, before. Never seen rain. So the message of Noah was lost, and it hit deaf ears. Uh, but the true story of Noah and his ark leapt from the Bible, and it captured our imagination even now because some people can't recognize the day that Noah lived in because they don't identify it. But when we begin to look in Scripture <laughs> and apply how we're living, it it almost sounds eerily similar. In fact, side note, Jesus even referenced in talking about the end times mm-hmm. as the day as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Lord. So we're talking cultural decay, moral decla- or decay, uh, probably rampant violence and hedonism, all those things that yes. are still happening today. All, all of that. <laughs> and really have been the downfall of several empires along the way. Absolutely. So, it's know. the human condition overall. Is, which is, of course, sin. You got it. You got <laughs> kind it. of all goes back, doesn't it? Right, absolutely. Yeah. When God told Noah it was going to rain, he believed it. When God told him to build an ark, he responded by that belief by building it. So when Noah relayed this message and they didn't believe it, it didn't deter him for what he was doing. It didn't stop him from continuing to build this ark. And that's why Peter in the New Testament called him a preacher of righteousness. When no one else was listening, he just kept hammering and heralding at the same time. Now, wasn't that construction span 100 years? I mean... Do we have any idea, does it say, or or was the 100 years how long between the time he heard God and, and when things happened? Well, it's a great question. It is. It was a, it was a, it was a long span of time. Sure, sure. And what I was going to bring to you along with that, that God, when he spoke to Noah, he only spoke 769 words. Audibly? Audibly. Yeah. And that went over the K or the course of Noah's 950 years of existence. He spoke 392 words to him before the flood, 377 words to him after the flood. Well, hold on. So less than 400 words to, hey, this is coming. You need to build a boat. And and I'm sure a good chunk of those words were just the dimensions of the boat. Right, absolutely. So, I mean, he's really going on on faith. Absolutely. Heavy here. Absolutely. And all right, so then how many, what was after the, the pre-flood? How, what was the next? Segment? So it was 392 before the flood and 377 after the flood. Oh. So I wrote down in my notes here, we who feel that we need God to reassure us regularly can learn a lesson from Noah. Boy, that's tough. And that's a healthy fear. <laughs> he yeah. He feared what was coming, but he reverenced the word that came to him, and what it meant for him. It meant salvation. So because it was so important, he felt, hey, I need to do something about this, clearly. Uh, A man of faith provides no alternative to the commands of God. He simply obeys. 
And so in our lesson, we talked about God's three warnings of destruction to humanity and how that God in the antediluvian age, which is which that means before the flood, it just says that God warned Noah. And so he, he warned him on a personal level what was going to happen. So he wasn't the, the first warning was to him and sure. to his family. And he heeded that. Genesis 6 and 13 says, God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. That was the first warning. The second warning was when Noah took that message and he began to warn his world. I referenced Second Peter 2 and 5, how that Peter called Noah a preacher of righteousness. doesn't tell us how Noah evangelized the world, but it just said that he just preached righteousness, which is yeah. right living. I don't, I don't often think of that. You know, I, I, I guess I'm stuck in the Sunday school version of Noah, which is, hey, build the ark, and then he spends the rest of his life building the ark. I, yeah. I don't, but, I mean, you know he did it. There, he right. has no reason not to obey. Right. So, I, I mean, I, you think he was a street preacher, maybe? I mean, he's certainly not going to the temples, and uh, or maybe he did. I don't know. Well, the Bible doesn't colorize exactly. I mean, it's not like it's a, it's a detailed book with regards to the, the details and the sure. minutia of, the, of what was happening in Noah. But clearly, with the dimensions of the boat and the the length of just getting the materials. Yes. See, we don't talk about that. He had to the gopher wood was not indigenous to the land right. immediate area that he was at. So he had to which we don't talk about. The Bible doesn't talk about how he had to go get that to even make that functional. So when he did all of that God warned Noah. Noah began to preach and warn the world. That warning, as I said earlier, and here's the crux of what we're talking about, is that warning is still viable today. We believe, according to the Word of God, that there is a second coming that is coming. Yeah, no question. Jesus is coming, and and He has said that there will be a judgment and a destruction that will happen upon the earth. And while it's very colorous, or coloring of, of the time and, and the happening, we really don't get the, the full sphere of what's going to really happen only by considering what Noah went through. Hmm. Could you imagine what he heard from the town, oh, I, I from can. his friends, from the local religious leaders? I, I can only imagine. Right, absolutely. He, no doubt wow. that he became a pariah pariah to his family. Imagine uh, you doing something and and beginning to do something even on a smaller scale, how that your family, your neighbors, your co-workers, what's got a hold of so-and-so? <laughs> what do you do with all that gopher wood? What are you doing with that gopher wood? And, and by the way, your reasoning is what? It's going to rain? What is that? Yeah. So it's the, the warnings were, were completely lost on that. But again, it starts with a fear or a reverence or a love. All of these things are synonymous. Because of that fear, obedience happened. He just did it. He did it. Why? What would motivate us? Well, I think, number one, he, he was motivated because, yes, God spoke to him. Right. Absolutely. And he knew it. He, he knew there's he, no question. There was nothing. And yeah. This is interesting. There was no point of reference 
before that to him. He heard God, and it was so shaking. It 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 obviously must have, I don't know, I, I can only imagine, I can only try to describe it in my finite mind, how that his the tenor of his voice probably just shook his core. I, I don't know, but he spoke to him, and so that was the big thing. Sure. But then he could, like we do when we hear the voice of God, when we go through the day after it happened, or the days or the weeks and months, and we begin to um, uh, not we discount it. How about that? We just... Throw yeah, it we, to the we definitely overanalyze it. We, Was it? You know, yes, the doubt creeps in. Right, and yeah. I say this around the church that, you know, we look at it like, oh, maybe I had some bad pizza the night before. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, maybe. And that has, but Noah didn't do that. Noah embraced it, and he went after it. Yeah, and he did. And the second motivation that I'm not sure that it's second in motivation, it was that the salvation for his children and his family. Noah was motivated that he wanted to save his family. And that's what I say as a pastor. Yes, we should worry about being saved. Number one, that's our primary goal. We need to worry about saving ourselves. But also our motivation should be, I want to be saved so that I can save my family, or rather be a catalyst for my family to be saved. So I think that was just as equal to Noah. Um, well, and that's really relatable because I think even sure. people who aren't in touch with the word understand what the length you're willing to go to for your children. Right, right, absolutely. You know? And that, uh, not to get too much off in the in the rabbit trails, but that is really big right now in in today's discussion and how that um, our children are being indoctrinated by the world. I I do believe that that was happening there too. Now, on what level, on how, I don't know. But if Jesus drew the comparison, I'm going to say that there is a comparison there. So So, the fear of God motivated him into obedience. Um, I know that in Proverbs there are seven verses that reference about the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 1 and 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 8 and 13, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Proverbs 9 and 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 10 27, The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. Proverbs 14 27, The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life. Proverbs 15 and 33, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And then Proverbs 19 and 23, The fear of the Lord tendeth to life. Schofield, a noted theologian, defined the fear of the Lord as a phrase of the Old Testament piety. In other words, it meant a reverential trust with a hatred of evil. So when we were referencing what what did that fear, what was the depth of that fear, there it is, right mm-hmm. there. That's it. Yeah. And to revere is basically this. It means to regard with a deep respect. To regard means to observe or look at with a firm, steady gaze. So when he feared the Lord, just before you you say something, the fear of the Lord was to hate evil, Proverbs 8.13. So in other words, Steve, Noah probably looked on the world that he was at Adding to the two points that I just said, Saul, this world is not something that I feel comfortable in. So he was motivated because of the world's, uh, how it was morally. And that should motivate us, the church, into doing the very same thing and those three reasons. So from 
from where did he learn? I mean, how far removed is he? Because I mean, at this point, there's no there's no Bible. There's right. no right. there's no. I mean, it's all passed on and passed on. How far removed is he from the garden? Well, off the top of my head, it was it was several hundred years. Yeah, I mean, so it had um, been a while. Yeah, it had been a while. Yeah, but at least in his family, they had kept they had kept all those teachings and and things alive and instilled them in their children. And I guess apparently in Noah's father, and who I don't think they're ever named, right? Because he's the he's the one. But I don't know. It's just uh, it's amazing that he could hold on to that because. Without having the book to read or right. the song to sing, how do you? So again, doing for your children, his parents must have been pretty good parents, yeah. and, you know, to keep that promise. Probably instilled in him something. Yes, because the Bible said, and it was part of our text, how that when he was telling uh, what God was going to do, what God was saying he was going to do, he's going to destroy the world. But in verse eight, it said, "But Noah found grace." In the eyes of the Lord. That mm. word grace, the Hebrew word for grace is chin, C-H-E-N, and it means graciousness, kindness, and I like this one, favor. And that means that when you couple that all together, it has other secondary meanings, that God bended or stooped in kindness to an inferior. So in other words, he saw Noah was some some level pious or very living a life of piety sure. that God stooped down and said, Noah, I want to get your attention right now. And that's what I think is very powerful to me. Yeah. Uh, so literally, figuratively, God stooped to Noah and told him of the impending doom, and he gave him a way of escape. And I just want to interject right now. I wouldn't be who I are wanting to be without saying there is a way of escape even right now. Yeah, that's true. You don't have to live in this life uh, wondering what it's all about and what what's going to happen. The, the end, evil doesn't win. So please understand that if you begin the walk of serving God, your God will reach down... He will bend down and stoop to you and begin to let you know of a way of escape. That is amazing. Yeah. That's grace. Wow. Yeah, it's it's grace. And yeah. uh, Noah's walk with God not only attracted the attention of God, but it also saved him. So we can't, let's be clear, none of us are righteous. The Bible says no, not yeah. one. So we can't, we can't use those old tricks to tell ourselves that comes from the enemy that says, well, I can never be saved. Well, first off, you're never going to be good enough to, to be saved. Noah still, no matter what he did, didn't deserve God's grace, but God gives it. He gave it and he gives it today. Yep. And, I, and I love that about God. And so by being righteous or the attempting of being righteous, he was separated from the evil masses that, that abused and and scoffed at the wrath of God that was coming. And I and I like this by by living a righteous life he received a remedy to wrath. 
we can have a remedy to wrath. <laughs> there is a remedy there is. to wrath even right now. And of course, he didn't just it was hard. Let's let's not get it twisted here. Pulling this wood and dabbing and and dabbing it, the ark within and without with mud and 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 making a window and and let's be clear that building the ark it had specific instructions. It was not just a random, I think I'll fudge here and I'll fudge here because it's convenient to do it this way. He did it according to what God told him to do. Hello, somebody. We need to do it according to the Word of God still. Even when we don't think we can, even if we don't have all the answers at the start of the day, right? you know, there's days I I wonder how I'm going to get through a day, let alone the crushing weight of knowing yeah. that, oh, man, well, that's coming. You're not the only one. And and that is a healthy fear, Steve. That is recognizing that it was God's grace that brought us out of darkness into this marvelous light. And that is something that we can get excited about and say, hey, because of what he's done, that fear comes back into our mindset that it makes us be careful how we live, yeah. careful how we talk. Yeah, that's true. Right? Careful how we how we live our life, because it's important to us. It is. And we recognize what we're having the opportunity to escape, yeah. judgment. Ooh, and it's coming. It is coming, and that's not something that we rejoice in. And, no. And the world, the enemy, the, the wrong concept talks about how that um, or, or really colorizes. I don't want to just say empirically, but they really color the church as being people that live up here and and that they rejoice in the judgment that's coming. That's not the church. Mm-mm. In fact, we we weep for what's coming, and that's why we should be motivated as the church to reach everybody. I don't think anybody was off uh, out of play, rather, to Noah. I believe anybody that came by, because number one, he knew that he wasn't going to win everybody. And in the end, we see Noah only won his family. Well, and the other fear is, I'm sure when that rain started to fall, and those people started to realize what was going on, that they all made a line for that ark. Well, absolutely. And by then, it was too late. Absolutely. Um, I've heard a, uh, a... a well-known preacher among our ranks, and and his name is Merrill Cornwell. He, when he was talking about his um, his the way he teaches Bible study and how he disciples people, he he tells in every Bible study that when he gets to this part, that people were climbing to the highest mountains and hills, and and oh, even yeah. to the last one, they're trying to reach for the boat, and God just basically just put his finger on their nose and just pushed them under. Now, that doesn't mean that God is all judgment. What I said earlier is very apropos to what we're trying to say with regards to grace. God gave them an opportunity first over and over, in fact, hundreds of years. Sure. And when it comes time, we have said or say, cross that mercy line, it's over. And, And... that's why we need to take advantage of the opportunity that we have right now. Yeah. So mm. Noah became the heir of righteousness 
According to Hebrews 11, 7, it says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So today, Noah became an heir of righteousness. We can become an heir sure. of righteousness today. Galatians 3 and 29 says, If ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I just want to say our lesson today and our extra content for this uh, lesson gives us the account of Noah warning his world that judgment was coming. Even after God told him he was going to destroy the world with flood, he said, mm -hmm. hey, listen, first off, I'm going to worry about my own household first. True. And he did, and therefore he became a preacher, and now we look at him as the the example of of proper fearing God. So I could go on and on, and I realize that we're kind of pressed for time, but whoever you are, if you're listening to this, I just the whole point of our podcasting right now and this uh, another little lesson from our church is just to let you know you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity right now to become an heir of righteousness. And, and uh, I can tell you, your life will be exponentially better living for God, with God in your world, than without. So I, that's the last parting thing I want to leave with you. To be righteous is, the, is putting the effort of being righteous. It starts there. So... That's all I had for today. That's great. That's great. And that's, that's all the time we have for this study today. And I pray this was a blessing for you and that you'll join us as we continue to study God's Word. Please try to follow us on our various platforms. Uh, you won't want to miss an episode of this exciting series. So uh, goodbye until next time, and thank you for listening. Thank you. <laughs>